Section 15 of The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 7. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 7, by Charles F. Horn, Rossiter Johnson, and John Rudd. The Black Death Ravages Europe, A.D. 1348, by Giovanni Boccaccio. When the evil had become universal in Florence, the hearts of all the inhabitants were closed to feelings of humanity. They fled from the sick and all that belonged to them, hoping by these means to save themselves. Others shut themselves up in their houses, with their wives, their children and households, living on the most costly food, but carefully avoiding all excess. None was allowed access to them, no intelligence of death or sickness was permitted to reach their ears, and they spent their time in singing and music and other pastimes. Others, on the contrary, considered eating and drinking to excess, amusements of all descriptions, the indulgence of every gratification, and an indifference to what was passing around them as the best medicine, and acted accordingly. They wandered day and night from one tavern to another, and feasted without moderation or bounds. In this way they endeavoured to avoid all contact with the sick, and abandoned their houses and property to chance, like men whose death knell had already tolled. Amid this general lamentation and woe, the influence and authority of every law, human and divine, vanished. Most of those who were in office had been carried off by the plague, or lay sick, or had lost so many members of their families that they were unable to attend to their duties. So that thenceforth everyone acted as he thought proper, Others, in their mode of living, chose a middle course. They ate and drank what they pleased and walked abroad, carrying odoriferous flowers, herbs or spices, which they smelt at from time to time in order to invigorate the brain and to avert the baneful influence of the air infected by the sick and by the innumerable corpses of those who had died of the plague. Others carried their precautions still further, and thought the surest way to escape death was by flight. They therefore left the city, women as well as men abandoning their dwellings and their relations, and retiring into the country. But of these also many were carried off, most of them alone and deserted by all the world, themselves having previously set the example. Thus it was that one citizen fled from another, a neighbour from his neighbours, a relation from his relations, and in the end so completely had terror extinguished every kindlier feeling that the brother forsook the brother, the sister the sister, the wife her husband, and at the last even the parent his own offspring, and abandoning them unvisited and unsoothed to their fate those therefore that stood in need of assistance fell a prey to greedy attendants 
who for an exorbitant recompense merely handed the sick their food and medicine remained with them in their last moments and then not unfrequently became themselves victims to their avarice and lived not to enjoy their extorted gain propriety and decorum were extinguished among the helpless sick females of rank seemed to forget their natural bashfulness and committed the care of their persons indiscriminately to men and women of the lowest order no longer were women relatives or friends found in the houses of mourning to share the grief of the survivors no longer was the corpse accompanied to the grave by neighbours and a numerous train of priests carrying wax tapers and singing psalms nor was it borne along by other citizens of equal rank many breathed their last without a friend to comfort them in their last moments and few indeed were they who departed amid the lamentations and the tears of their friends and kindred instead of sorrow and mourning appeared indifference frivolity and mirth this being considered especially by the females as conducive to health seldom was the body followed by even ten or twelve attendants and instead of the usual bearers and sextons hirelings of the lowest of the populace undertook the office for the sake of gain and accompanied by only a few priests and often without a single taper it was borne to the very nearest church and lowered into the first grave that was not already too full to receive it among the middling classes and especially among the poor the misery was still greater poverty or negligence induced most of these to remain in their dwellings or in the immediate neighbourhood and thus they fell by thousands and many ended their lives in the streets by day and by night the stench of putrefying corpses was often the first indication to their neighbours that more deaths had occurred the survivors to preserve themselves from infection generally had the bodies taken out of the houses and laid before the doors where the early morn found them in heaps exposed to the affrighted gaze of the passing stranger it was no longer possible to have a bier for every corpse three or four were generally laid together husband and wife father and mother with two or three children were frequently borne to the grave on the same bier and it often happened that two priests would accompany a coffin bearing the cross before it and be joined on the way by several other funerals so that instead of one there were five or six bodies for interment End of section 15. Recording by Alan Mapstone.